My dearly beloved in Christ, I would like this morning to simply comment on some of the lessons we can learn from today's epistle and gospel. And let's begin with the gospel, where we find two excellent examples of the qualities for prayer. Now, the first quality for prayer is humility, meaning we have a deep conviction of our dependence on God and our need of his help when we pray. But we also need to pray with confidence, with great trust and faith that God can give us what we need and is willing to do so and trust that he will. And we see those two qualities in the leper and the centurion. Now, these two miracles, cleansing the leper and curing the servant of the centurion, took place towards the beginning of our Lord's public life. It says in the beginning of the gospel, now Jesus came down from the mountain. He had just given his sermon on the mount, and he was confronted by a leper who called out. And it's an interesting thing to look at his prayer. He said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So what we see here is total confidence in our Lord a trust that our Lord would cure him. And our Lord said, I will be thou made clean. And then he told him to go show himself to the priests. Then we see our Lord is uh, confronted by a centurion who has a favor to ask. Now this centurion was not an Israelite. He was a pagan, likely. And he came to our Lord and told him that his servant was lying at home, sick, paralyzed. And our Lord immediately said, I will come and cure him. And the man said, no, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. And our Lord praised his faith. It says in the gospel that Jesus marveled and said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Here is a non-Israelite. I have not seen such great faith in all Israel. And then our Lord went on to say, many will come from the east and from the west and will sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom will be passed out, will be cast out, the children of, of Israel because they had been given so much and sadly failed to correspond. So we see the faith of this centurion, and his faith was so great that Holy Mother Church takes his prayer and puts it into the Mass right before communion. The priest holds up the host and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And then three times, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And of course, the words of the centurion, only say the word and my servant will be healed. But isn't this interesting that we take, in effect, a prayer of a pagan and that's incorporated into the liturgy. Such a beautiful prayer of faith in our Lord and trust in him. So let us imitate the examples of the leper and the centurion in our prayer life, to pray with humility, but also with great trust 
and belief that our Lord will grant what we need and to have confidence and trust that he will do so. Now, going to the epistle, we find a number of wonderful admonitions, lessons in this epistle from St. Paul to the Roman, especially about forgiving others. Now, our Lord, when he came and taught his gospel, people heard things they had never heard before. On the Sermon at the Mount that preceded the cures that we just read, our Lord said in the sermon, you have heard an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. In the Old Testament, that you could, you could take vengeance, you could do to your neighbor what he had done to you if you had been wronged. And our Lord says, it shall not be so among you, but we should forgive. And that if you forgive, your Father in heaven will forgive you. So in today's epistle of St. Paul, we read these words, do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but give place to the wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So don't seek revenge. Forgive even your enemy. Now this reminds us, reminds me of an amazing story in the lives of one of the saints, St. John Cantius. Because St. Paul goes on to say, if your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. And by doing this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Well, what does that mean, to heap coals of fire on his head? Actually, that is a direct quote from the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Chapter 25, in which we read in the book of Proverbs that by treating one's enemy in this way, you would heap coals of fire on his head. Well, that means, in effect, to get to his conscience, to cause him to reflect upon his actions. And also says in the Old Testament, a mild answer breaks wrath. That when we act in a manner of forgiving and charity, then we appeal to the conscience of the other. So the example I was going to give you in the life of St. John Cantius, who was a uh, Polish priest in the 1400s. And he was a brilliant man, so he taught theology in the university for seminarians. And he also was very well known for his deep love of the passion of our Lord, sometimes even spending the whole night in prayer, and his charity towards the poor. But he also traveled on pilgrimage. He went to the Holy Land once, and he went to Rome four times, and every time he walked on foot, there and back. So on one of these pilgrimages to Rome, he was on his way back when he was accosted by a group of robbers, and they stripped, they took everything he had. And they said, do you have anything else? And he said, no. And they left. And then he remembered that in his cloak, he had sewn a few coins. And of course, he didn't lie, he just forgot about it. But he felt bad. So he ran after them and said, I forgot about the coins in my cloak. And they felt ashamed and they returned everything that they had stolen from him uh, by this example of his meekness and his honesty. So that's the idea of heaping coals of fire on the head of another. We live in 
we could say, Western culture, that despite the fact that so many Catholic principles have been lost, there still is a foundation. And this foundation was laid by Christianity, Christ's teaching. And I remember hearing this or reading it some maybe 20 years ago, one of the wars with against Muslims, whether it was in Iraq or Afghanistan, there was an American soldier who was all of a sudden fired on by the enemy and he was wounded by this fire. He, in turn, returned fire, disabled the man who shot him, and then he, wounded, after he disabled the man, ran up to him and started administering first aid. Now here's a man that just shot him. He returned fire because he was fired upon, self-defense, and to disable the shooter. But then he applied first aid. Now you would never find another culture that's not based on Christianity acting in that manner. So this is all, again, the teachings of our Lord to even love our enemies and to be forgiving. And our St. Paul concludes the epistle with these wonderful words that we should remember. Do not, uh, I'm sorry, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If we strive to put that into practice, we are taking the teachings of our Lord and putting them into practice, charity and forgiveness. Do not be overcome by evil but conquer evil, overcome evil by good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.